money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. <laughs> Obviously, this is all about money. I got to talk to you about money. With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money with Dave and Reb from More Than Enough, the financial show that speaks to the heart of your money story. Real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? I'm ready to talk money. Good. This is the show where we talk about the heart issues around money and, um, Today, we've got a very special guest. Yeah, she's the most special. She's the most special. Well, we better introduce her right away because people are going to wonder, like, we don't want to keep them in suspense too long. So we have Mercedes, our oldest daughter, here in the studio with us. Good morning, Mercedes. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me today. Well, that wasn't really tough because, you know, we were all traveling together. So it's great to have you in the studio. And the reason, and we're going to jump right into the reason, because we've got Mercedes here. We want to just, you know, grab your coffee, invite you into the conversation, because as parents, as most of you know who have been listening to the show, Rebecca and I are parents of five children, and we were having, in a sense, this discussion. We have this discussion probably every day, and how do we parent our our, our children? How do we teach them around money? And of course, you know, the the we want the best things, just like every other parent. We want the best things for our kids, but often we don't understand our children. <laughs> so the, the conversation really revolves around, uh, and Mercedes, you know this, it's like, wow, you made that decision. I just can't really understand why you do that. And and that's really what was the, the impetus for the show today was to go, wait a minute, we got to get you on the show because I am sure there are a ton of people, parents, listening to the show going saying the same thing. We see our children. We want the best for our children. We, we want them to experience a, a better, full life than maybe we have. Um, and then we see them making decisions and we're shaking our heads or we don't know how that's going to play out. So today we're going to spend just a little bit of time you know, inviting you into the conversation between Reb, myself, and Mercedes. So sit back, relax. And that ties in actually to the scripture verse we are going to read today that um, Mercedes is actually going to speak to a little bit because she had a really interesting insight into it. And it's the verse um, in Proverbs, and I'll just read a a couple of them. Uh, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Thorns and snares are in the way of the perverse. He who guards his soul will be far from them. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. Now, that last verse Dave always quotes, (laughs) um, but we're not going to talk about that one. Interesting context. It is, I know. That's why I read them all together. Very interesting because there's money and possession issues and humility and uh, by humility and fear of the Lord are riches and honor. And then it says, train up a child in the way they should go and when they're old, they won't depart from it. And as parents, we like to take that verse and just say, okay, well, we're going to train them up right. Um, uh, But Mercedes had uh, an interesting um, uh, perspective on that verse, which really ties into what Dave talked about. So I'm going to let you, like what, when I, when we had that discussion last week about this verse, what, what kind of thoughts came to your mind? 
Well, I was really just thinking about how much pressure that kind of puts on parents, right? Well, I, I, I clearly, if my child is doing things that I don't agree with or I don't think are good choices, then I must not have trained my child properly because this verse says that they're not going to depart from the way that I've trained them. Um, and I kind of like to think about it in a different way. Um, my parents have done a great job. You guys have done a great job of fostering an environment where I felt like I could ask you questions about some of the big, tough things in life, you know? I mean, probably three of the most important things that you're going to need to know about are sex, money, and relationships in general, friendships. Not um, necessarily in that order. <laughs> I'm just saying that. But again, if, but I think this verse really placed into that idea that when you create an environment where your child feels like they can ask you questions without you um, kind of, expecting their behavior to look a certain way Um, but instead it's just allowing them that space to ask those difficult questions for you guys to have disagreements for you to work things out and in the end that will be valuable to your child they won't depart from that ability to communicate with you through everything Mm -hmm. when you've trained your child and given them that place that feels safe for them to ask those questions even when you don't agree with their behavior later on because i mean there's things that i've done that my parents don't agree with they don't really like you don't uh, have to say that they (laughs) they don't really like it right but we've always been able to create that environment where we have this trusting relationship where I can go to them with these questions or concerns. Um, and I think that's really what that verse is, I think really is a good takeaway from that verse, that when you create that environment, that is training your child. It's training your child how to talk, how to communicate, how to ask questions, how to have disagreements with people. Um, and, and in the end, they won't depart from that. And they'll often yeah. come back to some of those ideas that you had. And I, I love that. You know, when we look at the scripture, you know, this one really is a little bit talking about that whole generational piece and that how when we can look at scripture, it does span the, the generation. You know, we've got gener- the silent generation and generation X, Y, Z. We've got generation uh, what alpha now is is being born. And, we're, you know, we've we've <laughs> defined all these kind of generations. And, and, and not not in a sense to say there are things that – you know, the generation, say, before mine, uh, you know, they experienced a world war. I didn't, right? And so they're going to have a perspective on what life looks like and, you know, how how to live in this world. And, and yet my generation, I'm just right after the baby boomer generation, so the baby boomers and we, you know, we've got lots of kind of effect on our generation from the boomers and X, Y, Z are trying to figure out Zed. how to... Zed. Oh, 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 she got me. <laughs> <laughs> Zed, that's the Canadian way to say Z, which is the American way to say Zed. So there we go. Uh, but you know what I mean? So the, the we're, in a sense, that whole generation piece. And, and I love that the scripture speaks across the generations mm-hmm. uh, and that as a generation xer which is you know where i'm at i'm looking at mercedes who's a generation z again if you wanted to find out what the definitions of that all are it's way beyond me google it right (laughs) (laughs) again that's a a generation z thing to do we didn't do that in in my generation until the last number of years because there was no google right but i i would just uh slip in the context you know when we have discussions in our home it it is 
we don't neglect that word. It's it's like you said, scripture applies to every generation. It doesn't matter what generation you're in. Yeah. He, he has said to us for hundreds of years, train up your child in the way you should go. I mean, this is a proverb of Solomon. Mm-hmm. And Solomon said it for a reason. And he had his whole pile of ways he lived. And it, it's interesting uh, that he wrote that verse in this context. But, you know, when we talk at home, no matter what age our children are, or what age you as listeners have, if you can create that that environment of conversation mm-hmm. and openness mm-hmm. in light of scripture. You know, you don't I say to Mercedes, well what does what does scripture say? What does God say? And whether she she wants to hear it or not, or she'll come to me and say, Yeah, but this is what God's saying mm-hmm. and I'll be like, Oh, you know, as a parent I have become open to the correction of my kids even. Um, mm-hmm. that they point out it's scripturally and we just have that discussion. That That is the full context and, and a mutual respect. But anyway, I just wanted to add that because we don't do it just based on the whim of our world. We're, 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 we're looking at what the world says to our kids, but we're bringing it back into line with, well, what is, what is God speaking through his word to us? So, so in my generation, you know, saving was, you know, I would, I, if I can make a bit of a generalization and say the the American dream or the North American dream mm-hmm. was really important. It was, you know, go to school and get an education, graduate from school, and you know, start a family and buy a house and and all that. But from you know, Mercedes, can you speak to, in a sense, of your generation? And again, we're we're gonna. There's going to be some generalizations, we know, but you yeah. know, speak to your generation. What's important? Because I think it's important for us to recognize that the things that are important to my generation, to me as a parent, maybe right now aren't so important. Important to your generation, which is you know the generation Z, which is you know that twenty age. 20-year-old and a little bit older now. Um, So can you speak to that? Sure, absolutely. So I think the American dream is really one of those things that is a really big split between your generation and mine. Um, So your American dream kind of looked like, like Dad said, get an education, get a good job, get married, get a house, have kids, save for your retirement, retire well, and and live in Florida, you know, at the end of the, yeah. (laughs) My generation is not so keen on that idea anymore. Um, the whole house thing is a big thing because as housing gets more expensive, um, kind of feeling more unachievable for a lot of people, especially at the beginning of their married lives. And and this is, again, a generalization. Not everyone feels this way, but um, it's a lot of my generation wants that portability to just be able to pick up and move and go somewhere around mm-hmm. the world or to yeah, wherever the job. Because that's a huge deal, right? Yeah. In my generation... You know, we were still pretty centralized, you know, you stayed close to the family home. Or the, but your generation, man, they, I, I'm totally well, are often oh. blown away by the world is such a small place now. Yeah. Like you guys just pick up and go to the other side of the world and, and you know, sometimes chasing jobs, sometimes we, yeah. would, we would move cities maybe to chase <laughs> a job, right? We, yeah. we might move provinces to chase a job, and, but your generation just pops well, over to a whole new culture. A whole yeah. new it is very interesting because we, you and I, David, are the children of immigrants. Mm-hmm. So they did move. So the 
generation yeah. before us was moving. They were like as Dutch immigrants and I'm Russian Mennonite right. immigrants. You know, for us, for me, it was a persecution is- issue in Russia. Back and in, for us, it was. And, I guess you're right. It was a bit of an opportunity. And yours is an opportunity. So it mm-hmm. it was. It's very interesting. So then you get all settled, and then now we're seeing in our children. I'm just thinking of this now, mm-hmm. and I know we're talking generalities because Mercedes is a university student, so that's the context yeah, in which she's living mm-hmm. and what she's seeing. Mm-hmm. So, um, but but saying that, so now, but the world has become such a small place. Like yeah. our our young friend, Mercy's young friend, not young, he's 20. I mean, he just. He just got rewarded with a scholarship, and he's off to Italy this summer for a month to to sing an opera, you know. And and that happened in in our generation, but maybe not talked about so much. Mm-hmm. Maybe not just you just say yes to those opportunities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and even I'm going for a month and I have bit to Russia and traveling to Finland and all this stuff. But again, that those opportunities wouldn't necessarily have been available. To me, as a student, as someone who, you know... Usually, uh, you know, again, and I remember even in, in, you know, my peers as I was in in college, there were a number of peers that would take a summer and and go travel backpack through Europe. And and that would happen, for sure. But I do think that there certainly with, with... you know, the generations, uh, you know, Generation Z, you know, that 20-year-old, 25-year-old, uh, where the opportunities, where it is just the global mm-hmm. global marketplace is significantly smaller. Uh, so yeah. there's you know, lots of crossing uh, the, the, the pond, so to speak. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of that in terms of jobs, too. I know, especially in my program, because I'm in linguistics, so um, my program is very portable. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get your teaching English as a second language certificate, most of the students in the program end up leaving and going to different countries to mm-hmm. teach English for a couple of years. And that's a very normal... Um, kind of almost expected thing in my program that that's something you would do. So let's talk about your your relationship with money. So again, we're going to make a few few stretches in terms of talking about your generation, but, but let's but talk about Mercedes. Yeah, let's yeah, talk yeah. about Mercedes' relationship to money uh, mm-hmm. because that you've heard easier. the sh- you've heard the show. You know our relationship <laughs> with money. But, but talk to us about that. Yeah, I mean, I think I think for me, it's this whole idea. There's this quote that I read that said, uh, "Money may not buy happiness, but I'd rather cry in a Jaguar than on a bus." And I think <laughs> <laughs> that's a girl after my own heart. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that pretty well sums it up. Money is a tool that gets us experiences, that gets us. Uh, w- whatever we kind of want in life, and it's a tool to do that. So um, money isn't the end goal. Like being financially secure may not be the end goal, um, but it's definitely a really helpful, useful part of life that we all know is necessary. So so maybe maybe that's the difference between where we're coming from and where you're coming from. You're thinking, okay, the experience or that purpose is the end goal. Uh, and for our generation, maybe retirement has been, or that American dream, get, having all our... Stability. T- stability, I th- I think, yes. Yeah. I, th- yes. I think Stab- there's something to that, right, in terms of uh, the, the point of making money or the point of doing it is to simply, hey, enough to create the experience, mm-hmm. right? Whereas we're thinking, oh, man, you've got to have some money and savings and you've got to you know, get that retirement and planning going. And, and that's good. 
you know, I mean, those are good things. Yeah, absolutely. Those are really good things. And I mean, I think you need a balance of both. But I think my generation is definitely, or for me anyways, I'm definitely more leaning towards money as a tool for getting me the experiences that I that I want. Um, so whether that, and whether that is in the context of a family situation or whether that's in the context of traveling, those are kind of, it doesn't really matter what the point is. It's more about the experience itself. Mm-hmm. So I read this other article, and, and I thought this was interesting, and, and uh, I'd never actually considered it or, or even hadn't even entered my context. of. But the, the, the comment by the writer was, was that there's this phenomena with Generation Zers uh, who they have this fear of missing out, and that's why they're connect, so connected, you know, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, like they're connected over across all these little social, or all these different social media platforms, mm-hmm. and that's really spurned by this idea of fear of missing out. So how do you think that, have you experienced that, right, you know, and mm-hmm. how do you think that plays out in, in your experience with, with your friends and university that, and how they make money decisions? Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely leads to debt, <laughs> um, for sure. I mean, I think because we're so experience-oriented, um, when someone asks you to go out for dinner with them or go out partying on the weekend, you know, this is an expensive lifestyle to lead as a student. You know, your budget is pretty limited because you're in school full-time and you might be working, but again, like, you want to spend as little as possible, but that fear of missing out leads to, oh, yeah, I can do it. I can, I can go... You know, mm-hmm. I can go out to that party or I can go out for dinner a couple times this week or, oh, man, I didn't pay my phone bill, but I like I can go out <laughs> for dinner. You know, like those kinds of things. I think that that leads to debt. Do you sure. think there's some more some extra social pressure? Like when I think back to me as a as a as a college, I went to college. I didn't go to university, but I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't have, in a sense, the the invites we're limited to my my interaction personally with people. Whereas when when you're communicating with you might be communicating with ten different friends mm-hmm. on two different platforms, social media platforms, and and you haven't even you know we should get together and actually see each other in person because you've been having this ongoing conversation. Mm-hmm. How does that play into to all of that? Yeah, I mean, I think on one hand it is really convenient because it does mean you don't have to spend as much time invested in like in face-to-face interactions Mm. so it is nice because if you have long distance friendships most of my closest friendships are have been or are at this point long distance so it gives me the ability to stay connected with those people that I wouldn't have otherwise on the other hand it does mean it does lead more to more social pressure in terms of um, your accessible all the time so if someone says oh are you free tonight you know you could they can text you and you can be there in half an hour you know if they live in the city so it does lead to that extra social pressure that if you're busy or doing homework or not able to go out and spend money um you have to be really firm with that as opposed to just kind of being like oh yeah i can go do it it's fine so so i want to go back to the debt thing i know i was just thinking we have those that in common though we may be different generations but we still you know, the the convenience of debt is way too tempting for mm-hmm. all of us, mm-hmm. including your generation. You just might be spending it 
you know, on different things. I mean, we all, we see that all the time. Everyone spends money on different things because of how we're wired and what values. And this, this is a little bit the change, though, because my generation, you know, Generation X is really the first generation where credit has become so easy. Right before that, there was credit, sure, but it was for the big things. It was for the house, or it was for you know some of the big things before that. But you know, nineteen mid nineteen fifties, your first credit card comes out. They become really popular in through the seventies, and and now you know, plastic is. Is there any other form? Of, you know, <laughs> when did like, you get your first credit card? I think I was sixteen, sixteen, seventeen. And my first did, credit card. Did you? Uh, uh, do you have more than one? No, no, just one. No, and and one. what do you do? You rack up the <clears throat> bills, or I'm just curious. Yeah, no, I I don't personally because I have a hard time. Like I don't pay enough attention to my bank account sometimes. So if I let things go, I I I wouldn't pay my bills on time and stuff like that. And that's mm-hmm. not a good place. To be, no, so. no, because you're our daughter, and that would just be so, bad. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> but I I do I do use my credit card pretty frequently. Okay, yeah. and it, it and you just use it as a tool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, you have points on your credit card, which is mm-hmm. always nice. And then um, I usually use it for purchases that are larger. So if I'm going somewhere mm-hmm. and I don't, you know, the way I have my my account set up, it's just easier sometimes to, to use my credit card than it is my other bank cards. Right. So so convenience plays in there. Th- this is not confession time, by yeah, the way, no. right? No, 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 yeah. It's interesting for people because I know people are probably thinking some of those details because I would be if I was listening to us. Um, <laughs> yeah. So ha- when's the last time you've been at a teller at a bank? Like never. I don't ever. I think I, I think <laughs> I have like made in my in my life. I think I've maybe been to a teller like twice. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Maybe. And you're 20 years old. Yeah. Yeah, I w- it's just a very interesting because I'm in the generation of the shift, right? Yeah. Sh- we shifted to the ATM, so we weren't mm-hmm. going to the teller. You're going to the ATM, and then we shifted to online banking. Yeah, now I get a check. I can deposit it from my phone, and the money shows up in my account, and I don't ever have to go to a bank. So mm-hmm. you don't touch cash. One of the things we talk about is mm-hmm. as our your generation isn't touching cash if they don't. Yeah, I I don't use cash hardly ever i very seldom have cash on on me mm-hmm. and i function quite normally that's and i mean dip, unless i i sometimes will keep 20 bucks in my wallet just in case but most of the time i don't have any cash on so me. how do you stay connected right in terms of you know recognizing that there is not an unlimited amount of money entering your bank account, <laughs> yeah. right? So, you know, it's not like there's a constant, uh, you know, flow of more money coming in than you can spend because you're a student. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you, in a sense, know what your financial health is like? Yeah, so I sit down with myself once a month usually, um, and I just kind of go through, I pay myself from one of my other accounts, and when I put it in my checking account, and when my checking account is empty, my checking account is empty, and I don't have any money left. Mm -hmm. Um, And I usually pay all my bills first, so that I don't have the problem of getting to the end of the month and not having any money, Mm -hmm. Um, and then whatever's left in my account after that um, is what I have to spend on food or snacks or eating out or whatever. 
And then, and then I once I usually try once every couple of days to check my bank account online to see how much cash I have in my checking account, so I'm staying on top of it. Right. Um, but that's something I have to get better at. So doing. you've kind of given yourself, even though you're a student, and you know, yes, you have a part time job, but you're giving yourself a little bit of this is what I'm going to pay myself for every month so that Mm -hmm. in the overall plan you're saying okay i have x number of dollars in my savings account and it's got to last x number of months or years so if i pay myself this much i'll be yeah and then at least your monthly expenses are expenses are controlled so what ends up happening especially at my age is things come up right like Mm -hmm. you have to be in a wedding or you have to go on a trip Mm -hmm. or you have to do some, an emergency flight somewhere. Um, and then that can come out of the other money that you spend. So, But at least your monthly expenses are controlled so that you know exactly how much you're spending every month. Right, right. Are there, in your, in your experience, uh, in the last few minutes we have, it's been a fast half hour, <laughs> the last few minutes we have, um, just speak briefly to um, the anxiety about that debt that gets incurred. Yeah, so there's actually a statistic that I read in an article that said 94% of millennials, so that's like my generation and people uh, a couple of years older than me. That's um, kind of the uh, YZ, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. So um, they say they're not comfortable taking on debt at all. Mm-hmm. Like they, our, My generation doesn't really like debt. It's just a necessary evil. So um, I think there's a lot of anxiety around debt, um, and people often talk about it. So it's, I didn't get enough shifts at work. I, um, I'm having a hard time juggling my degree and working and trying to figure out that balance. Um, I'm having a hard time, you know, we rely pretty heavily on OSAP um, as students. So that's kind of an interesting dynamic. Um, but I just, I think that a lot of the anxiety is really based in um, this this fear that we're not going to have enough at the end. So we cater our degrees or whatever around that idea that we want to try and have something at the end that we can use to make money um, so we can pay off the student loans and stuff like that. And we are actually going to, you're going to be back again for another show. So we're going to talk more about OSAP and some of the tools that you can, to help yourself in school. But we're going to talk a little bit more about that because I think it's really important to talk about why, uh, what degree you're getting and the anxiety around can I actually get a job at the end of that? Mm-hmm. So good. So um, I'm going to plug. You can get. You can download the podcast off iTunes. Now I know if you're, you know, <laughs> 25, you know, that's not a problem for you. You got it figured out. You'll have it done in about three seconds. But if you're my my generation, you know, then it might take you longer to find out what iTunes is. But that's okay. So um, you might want to... Find a generation Zetter to yeah, help you. If you're generation X, uh, then, then you know what? It's great. You've been listening on the radio maybe or, or you've got it uh, downloaded off the, the website where you know you can find a website because you're that savvy now so it's more than enough.ca <laughs> but uh, you might want to send the link to your generation zetter for the podcast which is on iTunes and and that way you know they'll be able to listen to the podcast anyways because it's a this has just been a great conversation about this the the generation not so much the gap but the the different language around money the different perspectives around money I've learned something about you Mercedes uh, today uh, in the conversation. So, so that's awesome. And uh, we're really 
Yeah, we just love So that. I guess that's the homework we have mm-hmm. for you, mm-hmm. that you would take your kid or children uh, and maybe listen to the show together and start the conversation mm-hmm. about what matters to them not and and listening Mm -hmm. so there's your homework for those of you who are are older and have children or grandchildren take them out for coffee and say what matters to you what Mm -hmm. what are you thinking what do you have any ideas and sometimes that there's stress around that um that they don't know what they're thinking either so Mm -hmm. i just start that conversation yeah it's a i mean again it's just a, a opening up the platform and and allowing that conversation to come place just like we did today so thanks mercedes for coming in and and having a conversation with us in public (laughs) all right father we just thank you so much for the generations behind us thank you for how you're speaking to them and you're putting on their hearts what matters to you and lord i just ask for strength for their generation that they will not fall into the trap of debt that is so easily laid out before them Lord, we just commit all of uh, this conversation and these ideas to you. In Jesus' name. All right. Well, it's been great. Um, Next week, we've got a a bit of the continuation of of the conversation with Mercedes. So we're going to tackle that a little bit differently. But hey, it's a conversation, so we never quite know where it's going to go. So please, if you want to listen again, morethanenough.ca chri.ca both of those have the the podcast downloadable itunes has the podcast if you're on itunes please rate us because we'd love to get the rating up and uh, join us next week when we talk money let's talk money is a division of more than enough financial fitness where god is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow for more information or to comment on today's show please visit morethanenough.ca